0: Well, I have some bad news for us this morning, uh, something to share with you that really goes against uh, everything I would want to say, everything I would want to do. It's hard for me to uh, say this, but we are going to have to suspend our gatherings here at the church uh, after our services today until further notice. Uh, we are going to have to stop being here in the building uh, together. And uh, I really am sorry about that. I'm also going to have to announce something that I know breaks my wife's heart, is that we're going to have to uh, postpone our women's retreat that was planned for next weekend. Uh, And so I'm really, uh, I know she, that's not what she wanted to happen. Um, So we we have some bad news to share that we're not going to be able to have our, our normal gatherings until, and we'll let you know as soon as we can again. And so I'm sorry to share that, but I also do have some good news, if you're interested. The good news is we're going to bring back uh, the videos we used to make for Scripture of the Day, everybody. That's some good news, okay? In fact, if you go uh, tomorrow morning onto uh, YouTube, or if you go onto our church website, compasshb.com, and you go to the Scripture of the Day page on YouTube, uh, you will find a brand new video on Deuteronomy 17. And as long as uh, we can't uh, uh, publicly gather here in the building, uh, every single day that we can't gather like that, uh, I'm here to tell you there will be a video on that page. And if we can't get face-to-face, we'll get screen-to-screen, if you know what I mean, all right? Uh, And... uh, so uh, we, will, we will be having videos every day of the week. We will have uh, a full-length uh, service, uh, a full-length sermon every Saturday at 5 o'clock. We will even have a video for kids' ministry coming out on Sunday mornings. And so uh, we will continue uh, to interact about the Word together online every single day, okay? But that means that right now, this assembly that we have, this moment that we have to open this book together and to get into it together, we're going to do this right now and I cannot tell you when we're going to be able to do this again. And so I want want you to listen to this sermon like this could be the last sermon. And I want you to open your Bible with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 to 19. And I want you to see how this prophecy... That Moses gave around 1400 B.C. is exactly what you and I need to hear today in 2020 A.D. What we need to hear right now when the world is in the coronavirus crisis, pandemic, this word of uh, scripture, this prophecy of Moses, you need to give this your full and undivided attention. Remember, these are the last words of Moses in Deuteronomy. He's going through the law for a second time to get the new generation ready to go into the promised land. And uh, Moses, you could tell, he's growing in his concern about what's going to happen after he dies. By the end of Deuteronomy, Moses will have died. He will have handed over the law to Joshua. We're going to keep reading after Deuteronomy. We're going right into Joshua. Anybody still reading the Bible with us here at the church? Well, we're not stopping And we're going to go as soon as we're done with Deuteronomy, which we'll finish in the next two weeks with daily videos. We will go right on into Joshua and we will keep going through God's word together and praying for a revival to come from the Bible. But Moses, he's concerned. And if you were here last week, he's concerned about the fake news of the false prophets. People are going to rise up They're going to say they're from God, they're going to give you a message that seems credible or reliable, but actually it will lead you away from God to other gods, to other people, or even to follow your own passions. And so Moses, he wants to make sure, he's been now God's spokesperson, God's mouthpiece for 40 years when God first spoke to the people from the mountain with the thunder and the lightning, the people said, we can't handle hearing from God. You speak on God's behalf. And God said, that's good. That's right. You will speak for me, Moses. For 40 years, Moses has been speaking for God to the people. And now he's concerned, how are the people going to keep hearing from God? The answer is, is Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 to 19. And out of respect for God's Word, I'm going to ask if everybody will stand up for our public reading of the Scripture. I'm going to ask if you're watching this on live stream that you would stand up right now and that you would read this Scripture with us because this is a prophecy from Moses that impacts every single living soul in this room, on the live stream, everybody in the entire world is impacted for sure. Not just a percentage of people, but 100% of all people are impacted by these words. This is Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them. A prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. That's the reading of God's word. Please go ahead. And have your seat. And if we dive into the context here of Deuteronomy 18, you can see up there above verse 9 abominable practices. The nations that they are going into the promised land. And God's going to use them to judge those nations. They're going to drive out those nations. They are wicked nations, full of sin, and they are listening to, it says here, they're listening to fortune tellers, they're listening to necromancers, they are getting their wisdom from evil sources. And that's a part of why they're evil nations, and that's how God's going to go and drive out those wicked nations. But Moses says, There's going to be a prophet like me, where Moses is claiming to be a prophet. And the more we read in Deuteronomy, the more prophecies he's making about the future, he's taking the law and applying it to those people who are getting ready to go into the promised land. And he says, there's going to be a prophet like me that's going to come up from among you. And everybody needs to listen to this prophet. Don't listen to the fortune tellers or the necromancers. Listen to this prophet. And then look at verse 20 after our passage He says, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. So again, another warning. Some people might look like prophets, but they're going to tell you something God didn't tell them to say. They're going to lead you astray. So in the midst of all the voices that you could be listening to, Moses says, there's going to be a prophet. That God's going to raise up and you should listen to Him. Now again, he reviews, you can't hear straight from God. When God originally spoke the Ten Commandments there on the mountain to the people, they couldn't handle it. They were terrified of God. And God said, that's actually right. They can't handle listening to me. You're going to speak for me. And so it reviews that. But then look what it says in verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you. Here's God saying what he's going to do. You've been my prophet, Moses. Well, I'm going to raise up somebody like you from among their brothers. He'll come of the nation of Israel and I will put my words in his mouth. So there's going to come a prophet. And what he's going to say out of his human mouth is actually going to be the very words of God. And it says in verse 19, and this is a big statement here. Whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. I'm going to raise up a prophet. He's going to speak my word, and you should listen to him. And if you don't listen to my prophet, I myself will come and hold you to account for it. I mean, here's God saying, I'm going to raise up a prophet, and everybody... Not just the nation of Israel. No, every living soul on planet earth. You better listen to the prophet of God. If you don't, if you ignore him, if you reject him, if you're indifferent about him, and you harden your heart to hear what he has to say, God himself will come and seek you out. He will find you, and he will require it of you that you did not listen to his prophet. Okay, now, from right there, this one passage... You can see why from this point forward in the story of Israel, prophets are going to be a very big deal. Just like if you were with us when we started going through the, the law. We started going through the law at the beginning of November. Anybody remember that when we started on page one of the Bible? Well, we've gotten all the way now to page 161 of our Bible here. In the last five months, reading through, studying together. And the first thing we looked at was the prophecy That there was going to come from the seed of the woman, there was going to come someone who would crush the head of this serpent. The serpent came in, deceived Eve. There was the fall into sin, but still, from that woman, there would come someone who would destroy the serpent. That's why in Genesis... There were so many genealogies and we paid such close attention to the generations because eventually born of a woman is going to come someone who can defeat the enemy and crush the head of the serpent. Well, once Moses says this, as the prophet, that God's going to raise up another prophet, well, it immediately you start to wonder who's out there really speaking for God. And that's why they're going to follow the line of prophets throughout Israel. Prophets are going to be some of the most respected people. And when Elijah's the prophet, people are going to be like, is he the guy that Moses was talking about? Eventually, John the Baptist is going to be a prophet. And people are going to be like, is he the guy that, that, they, that Moses was prophesying about? Is it Isaiah? Is it Jeremiah? I mean, if we keep reading through more and more, we're going to see it's about the prophet's Who is this one that's going to speak for God and your whole life is determined on whether you listen to him or not? To answer that, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts (coughs) 3. Chapter 3, verses 22 to 26, page 911. Literally 911 is what we're turning to right now, everybody, if you got one of our Bibles. Okay, So this is now going to be a clear reference. This is going to answer the question definitively. Who is this prophet that Moses is speaking about? And what's happening here in the book of Acts is the church has just begun. The Holy Spirit has come, and Peter is now preaching some of the first sermons of the church. And Peter here, he and John are walking up to the temple in Acts 3, And there's a lame man there who cannot walk. And they tell the man, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And this guy's now going through the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. A lame beggar who's been outside of the temple for who knows how long. Everybody knows the guy can't walk. And now they see him leaping around, giving glory to God. A miracle takes place. A crowd gathers around And Peter makes the most of the opportunity. He seizes it to preach another sermon about Jesus. You want to know how this miracle happened? Let me tell you about Jesus. Look what he says in verse 22. He quotes Moses. So he uses a few different texts of uh, scripture here when he's preaching. And he quotes here in verse 22, Deuteronomy 18. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. Okay, that's our prophecy. And it shall be (coughs) that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. So here's Peter's translation. Here's his interpretation. What does it mean when God says I myself will require it of him? Well, it means your soul will be destroyed. I mean, this is how serious this prophecy is. There's a prophet. You've got to listen to him. And if you don't listen to this prophet, your soul will be destroyed. Let's get that down for point number one. Point number one, listen or die. Listen or die. That's what it's saying here. Like this is, this is how this prophecy was understood. When this prophet comes, speaking the words of God in his mouth, if you don't listen to that prophet, you will be destroyed. That's, that's what it says there. Now, anyone who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And now there's been all these prophets. Verse 24, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel, And those who came after him, they also proclaimed these days. And you, now he's talking to Jews, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He's going back even further now, and he's quoting another text. He's going all the way back to one of the first things we looked at in Genesis Chapter 12, the covenant made with Abraham. I'm going to make of you a nation. I'm going to give you a land. And through you, everybody on earth, not just the Israelites, everybody will be blessed. Well, how are they going to be blessed? Through Abraham. Well, through this prophet that's going to speak to all people. And you guys know all the prophets that have spoken. But now the prophet, the one that Moses talked about, he has come. And he says in verse 26, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Hey, he's proven who the prophet is. He's raised him up from the dead and he's revealed to you first to Israel, he's revealed And here's that, here's that, look at this. This is now the summary of the prophet. The prophet is Jesus. He, it's in his name that this lame man has been healed. He is the one who's speaking for God. And the summary of the message of Jesus, the way he's gonna bless all the families of the earth is it says right here, by turning every one of you from your, what does it say, what? Your wickedness. The prophet has come, Peter's saying. The prophet has spoken, and his message is that you would turn from your wickedness. And so their claim here from Peter, when he's preaching about Jesus, one of the passages that he uses to preach to the people there in Jerusalem about Jesus and thousands of people start getting saved is he quotes Deuteronomy 18. And he says, the prophecy of the prophet, has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is the one who is speaking the very words of God. Do you realize that your entire life will be determined by whether you listen to Jesus or not? Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Okay, what I'm talking about right now is the most important thing. It's not the most important thing of the moment. It's not the most important thing here at church. No, this is literally what determines your eternity, what determines the state of your soul. It's not how you live your life, not what you do with your life, not who you know in your life. Literally, your entire life is determined on the factor that God has sent someone to speak his word. And if you listen to that someone, You will live, and if you don't listen to him, you will die. And his name is Jesus Christ. Your life will be determined by whether or not you listen to Jesus, and there are always other voices trying to get you to listen. There are always so many distractions. I feel like I'm always trying to say Jesus is the way, and there's always a reason for people to be looking somewhere else. And this is what he's saying. There's one prophet, and if you listen to him or not, that's how God responds to you. He comes to destroy your soul or your soul gets eternal life, all based on whether you listen to Jesus. That's what Deuteronomy is talking about, the importance of listening to Jesus. One of the first texts preached In the church of Jesus is Deuteronomy 18, saying he is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the prophet. Let's get that down for number two. Jesus is the one you need to listen to. Jesus is the one, the one channel that you need to be tuned into, the one frequency, the one thing that you need to subscribe to is whatever Jesus is saying. So I want to go through with you some of the words of Jesus. I want to give you the idea of what it might be like to hear the prophet himself, Jesus, preach. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Everybody turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And let's let's now, okay, if he's the prophet for all people everywhere, and your life is determined by whether you listen to him or not, all right, well then let's see. What he had to say in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the fullest example we have of Jesus preaching the sermon. It's a famous sermon referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, and that's based on where he preached it in Israel. And I've had the privilege of going to this place three different times, right there above the Sea of Galilee. It's like this kind of hill, this natural amphitheater. And you can see how if Jesus was speaking there, his voice would have resounded. It would have echoed. Thousands of people would have been able to hear him. And he sat down there, because that's how they did it. They sat down in the Moses seat, the seat of authority, like they were speaking on behalf of God or teaching on the word of God. And he preaches for three chapters here in Matthew. And this is how he ends. Look at 7.24, Matthew 7.24. says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock so this is a familiar story right here who's the man who's going to stand firm who's the wise man well look very carefully you need to see this Verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and what does it say? And what? Does them. That's what listening really means, okay? Listening doesn't mean you just hear the information. It doesn't mean in one ear, out the other ear. It doesn't mean I went to church, I heard it. I read the Bible, I heard it. It doesn't mean just that you take it in. It means that you live by it, that you do it. That what Jesus says matters to you. It changes the way you think. It changes how you're going to live your life. The other example is this, verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, see, that's the difference. Both people are hearing, one is doing, now this one is not doing. Will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You okay, know, I've, I've spent my whole life going to church. My dad was a preacher. I can't even tell you how many sermons I've listened to in my life. I've taken classes. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe somebody could bring me a, a drink of water. I'm struggling up here. Um, <coughs> rough day to be struggling everybody immediately assumes the worst about you. <laughs> really, I think I just got a, a dry throat, been talking too much. Uh, so I think I'm going to be okay, but uh, a little cup of water. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I love studying the word of God and I love preaching it to his people. This is uh, I don't know if you have something you're passionate about. You could say I'm passionate about this. No one ends sermons like this. No one says, hey, if you don't listen to this and you don't do what I say, you're going to fall and you're really going to fall like you're going down. Drop the mic, walk away. Like you're not supposed to just leave people in total despair as you walk away. Like that's not how you preach sermons. Like if I preached a sermon like that, it wouldn't... Feel right to people if they tell you, "Hey, if you're gonna, if your sermon breaks people down, then you've got to lift them back up." Okay, but look at the response from everybody here to what Jesus says. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. People immediately understood when they were in the presence of Jesus, when he was speaking, that he is speaking in an authoritative kind of way unlike anybody else we've ever heard. They identified, even just by their experience, they identified that he is the prophet. And he's speaking on a whole nother level. And what Jesus is saying is that life is going to be full of storms. There are going to be winds, rains, waves, they are all going to come and try to knock you down. If it's not the coronavirus, it's going to be something else. There are going to be many tests coming to knock you down in this life. And if you're going to stay standing, you have to listen to him. It's all based on whether you listen to him or not. And listening mean living. It means what Jesus says is not just something you know. It is something that has authority. It tells you what you're going to do. It gives you the way you're going to live. If you do not listen to Jesus with the intention of doing what he says, when the trials of life come and everybody's trying to figure out what to do and all these things are being thrown at you, you will be knocked down, you will fall down, you will stay down. This is it. The people who listen to Jesus they will keep standing. The people who don't, they will be destroyed. There's your entire life story right there. Are you one of the listeners or not? Do you do what he says or not? That's life. Who listens to the prophet and who doesn't? He's literally saying that at the end of his message that your entire life is determined by whether you do what I say or not. And if you fall because you don't do what I say, you will really go down. Your soul's going to be destroyed. Walk away. And everybody's like, wow, I've never heard anything like that. Trust me, if any man preached a sermon like that, there would be a different response. But when the prophet preaches that sermon, people are astonished. Because they realize this this is not like anything else we've ever heard. These are not the words of a man. These are God's words in his mouth. And the people, they had a profound response to Jesus. I gotta ask you, because we are right now, the rain is falling, the floods are coming, the winds are blowing, and they're coming to your house. And I gotta ask you, are you on the solid rock of listening to Jesus and doing what he says? Because if not, you're gonna see that here maybe real quick. And when you fall, you're really going to fall. That's what the prophet says. You don't, you don't think it's worth it to listen to me? I've warned you what's going to happen to you. So it's not like God is just inviting people. It's not like God is just suggesting to people. God is commanding people to listen to his prophet. Jesus is speaking with the authority of no man but of God. And your life story will be written whether you listen to him or not. Go to Mark chapter 9. Turn over to Mark chapter 9. And see, there's a turning point that happens in all three of the first Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's always this moment that happens where Jesus takes just his disciples away And he says, who do people say that I am? And remember how people kept saying that Jesus was a prophet. Maybe he's like Elijah, John the Baptist, but he's a prophet. And a lot of times we say, oh, they're just saying he's a prophet. They're not saying that he's God or the son of God. But now maybe we can understand in context that if people are saying Jesus is the prophet, that's actually a big deal because they're saying in the whole line of prophets, he's the one who fulfills the prophecy that Moses gave that your whole life will be determined by whether you listen to this prophet or not. So they're actually saying that Jesus is the prophet, which is a big deal, that he's the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 18. And then Jesus gives the follow-up question though, but who do you say that I am? And Peter gives that great answer. We know who you are. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the holy and anointed one of God. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, that's right, Peter. And the only way you know that isn't because you could figure it out. It's because God revealed it to you. And so you're blessed that you know that. And right there on what you said... On who I am. That is the rock I will build my church on. Everybody who knows who I am, believes in who I am, that is it. I'm going to build my church and nothing, hell, death, no one will be able to stop me. That's what Jesus says. And you could imagine all the disciples like, hoorah, yeah, we're on the right side of history, yes, right? And then he says, and so here's what I'm, what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be delivered over to the religious leaders. They're going to falsely accuse me. I'm going to suffer and die. And then on the third day, I will rise. And all the disciples are getting whiplash. You just said you're the fulfillment of all the prophecies, and now the Pharisees are going to kill you? Like, that, they could not process that. I mean, they could not imagine that, that like this one, the prophet who has all authority, whatever he says, determines your life. The one who's the Messiah, who's coming to reign in an everlasting kingdom. I mean, you're that guy and you came to die? Like they can't even process it. And he has to keep telling them over and over. No, guys, this is the plan, right? Now, on the third day I will rise, but I'm going to suffer and they're going to kill me. And then this happens, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And then after that encounter, he takes Peter, James, and John. And look what happens here in Mark chapter 9, verse 2. He says, after six days, Jesus took with him just the closest three disciples. And he led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. We're talking about heavenly glory white here. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, the other two most famous prophets from the history of Israel. All, all of a sudden, they're having like a prophecy convention right there with Jesus on this mountain, and they're talking with Jesus. Jesus. And Peter, who sometimes says amazing things and other times says foolish things, says, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then clearly a little commentary here. He did not know what to say. Yeah, that wasn't his best one right there. For they were terrified. I would imagine all of us would be terrified if we got to see Jesus transfigured in all of his glory. Shining in a color of white we don't even know. Radiating the very splendor of the holiness of God. And in that moment, we're clearly a moment that's meant to get these three men's attention and that's meant to get all of our attention as we're reading it. It says in verse 7, A cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, this is my beloved son. And what does it say to do? There's a cloud of glory gathering around Jesus being revealed in his glory. And the father identifies his son and there's one thing that the father is saying you need to do when it comes to Jesus. You need to listen to him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being caught up and this cloud comes all around you and all of a sudden you're surrounded by this cloud and out of this cloud comes a voice, listen. God is trying to tell everybody. He's trying to tell everybody that can do this study with us right now, whether you're in the room or online, he is trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you all the way from Moses in Deuteronomy. He's trying to tell you from a cloud with the three closest disciples. He's trying to say, hey, you got to listen to Jesus. That's the ball game. That's the end game. That's everything, whether you listen to Jesus or not. Now, I would imagine a lot of us who are here at church on this day We would agree with the general principle that Jesus is someone we should listen to. But let me ask you this. When it comes to the recent crisis of coronavirus, how many people immediately thought, I wonder what Jesus has to say about this? He's the prophet. He's the one who speaks for God. He's the one that everybody has to listen to. I mean, everybody in every nation, tribe, and tongue, your life comes down to whether you listen to Jesus or not. I wonder how many people, when they weren't sure what to do about coronavirus, they started going to Matthew, they started going to Mark, they started going to Luke, they started going to John. I wonder if Jesus ever said anything that would possibly apply to our current situation. There's one voice that we're commanded to listen to above all other voices by a prophecy that's that's ancient, by a voice from a cloud saying, if you're going to do anything, listen to him. When we get faced with an hour of trial in our lives, is that who you turn to right away? What would Jesus say about this? You know, I, I heard I heard a lot be said this last week. I mean, just an unprecedented week in America. You know, my, I was hanging out with my dad this week. He said he's never seen anything like this. And I even heard many pastors, many pastors, speaking publicly about what is happening. I did not hear one of them say, let's see what Jesus would say about a situation like this. When there's only one voice that matters, what he would say about a situation like this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 13, and I'll give you an example of what Jesus would say about a situation like this, what Jesus would say about current events that happened in his day, about some of, the, some of the shocking headlines where people were dying. I mean, there's two incidences here in Luke 13, two current events that would have been on everybody's mind. People were talking about, this is page 872, if you got one of our Bibles. And here in Luke 13, verse 1, it says there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Okay, so maybe now that we're going through the laws of church, we might be able to kind of figure out what that means. Galileans, if you know the geography of Israel, which we all need to learn if we're really going to know the story of the Bible, Galilee is up in the northern part of Israel, Jerusalem, where the temple is, southern part of Israel. The Sea of Galilee, little fishing villages, that's where Jesus comes from. Jerusalem, that's the epicenter of all Jewish life. And so some some men from the northern part of Israel, they came down and they were there, it, it seems, doing sacrifices in the temple. And Pilate, For some reason, when these men, they came all the way from the northern part down to the southern part, they go up the hill to the city of Jerusalem. They come, maybe it's for a feast. They're coming to offer sacrifices. they got animals they're bringing. They're going to kill these animals, lay their hands on the head of the animal. The priests will take the blood, and they will walk away atoned for their sin. So they have come on a long journey to do some sacrifices, and while they're there, Offering these animals, shedding the blood of the animals on their behalf for the sacrifices. Pilate, the Roman ruler, sends in soldiers and they kill these men while they're there offering sacrifices. Worst case scenario, in the mind of the Jew, you are shedding the blood of an animal to be made clean. And now your blood, because they must have come and killed them while they're there doing that in a very public way in the temple. And now your blood is getting mixed with the clean blood of the sacrifice. We know what a big deal it was to be clean. We know what a big deal blood was. The sacrifices and their blood being mingled together. This is so unclean. This is so unholy. There was a thought in the mind of the Jew. If you died like that, you must have been a really bad guy. That's how the Jews thought about it. Like to die like that, where your blood gets mingled with the sacrifice blood so that your sacrifice is made unclean by your own blood. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. You just died unclean. And here's what Jesus has to say about it. Verse 2, he answered them. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? This was how the Jews thought. If something bad happens to somebody, it must be because they did something bad or are bad themselves. Jesus challenges that thinking. You think those guys were worse than the other guys? Verse 3, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Wow. Wow. You think it was bad how those guys died? Well, if you don't repent, you're going to die in a bad way too. Look at what. Then he goes right in. He gives another current event. They were building a tower in this part of the city of Jerusalem near Siloam. Those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Hey, everybody, really exciting night here on the broadcast. We have a special guest commentator about the recent events. Jesus is here with us to give us his unique perspective on the coronavirus. Jesus, what do you think about people who are dying all over the world from the coronavirus? Well, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. This is the word of Jesus Christ to any current event that would be killing people. Jesus sees very clearly that if people don't listen to him, they are going to experience destruction, whether they survive this current event and live for many current events to come. Unless you repent, unless you change your mind, unless you turn from living for yourself to living for God, unless you turn to Jesus Christ, you are all going to die and be destroyed. That's the word of Jesus. In fact, you could literally summarize the message of Jesus if there's a prophet that we're all supposed to listen to, and our life is really summarized, and whether we listen to him or not, the word that summarizes the entire message of Jesus is repent. You can't keep living the way you've been living. You can't keep living for yourself, for your sin, and your own self-righteousness. Whatever way you've been living, you've got to rethink that. You got to change your mind. You were living this way. You got to turn around and live a completely different way. This is what Jesus said Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the end is near. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the summary of the message of Jesus. It says at the end of the gospel of Luke, that if we're supposed to tell anything to anybody, we're supposed to proclaim in Jesus' name repentance and forgiveness of sins. Every living soul needs to know that Jesus said, Repent! I haven't heard one person say it about the coronavirus. Not one person. Well, the biggest need of this hour is that people would repent and turn to God or we're all going to perish in our sins. I haven't heard one person say it. But the prophet's saying it, and who's going to listen to him? You want to ask Jesus about a current event? Wow, that's really bad. That's really sad how those people are dying. Well, it is bad. It is sad, but Jesus, he gets right to it. Unless you repent, there's going to be something bad that happens to you. If you don't listen to the prophet and his message, I mean, let's get that down for number three. Repent was Jesus' word for current events. You ask Jesus, hey, what do you think about what's going on? What do you think about how these people perished? Well, unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. See, Jesus, he has an eternal perspective. Jesus sees things in a spiritual way. Jesus lives according to the kingdom of heaven, and he understands that it is only a matter of time. We are all going to die. The wages of our sin is, there's only one way that you will not perish. It's you have to repent. You have to change your mind. Yet you, everybody starts out living intrinsically in their own sinful nature. And at some point, you have to turn and have a new life in Jesus Christ. You have to hear his voice. You have to listen to him. And when you hear him, your life Turns around. The blessing that Jesus is bringing to the whole world is to turn every one of you from your wickedness. That's how you know he's the prophet. That's how he's blessing everybody. By telling them to repent. And so I've got to ask you, if God's trying to get your attention, that there's one prophet you need to listen to, and if we could summarize that prophet's message down to one word that you need to repent. Have you repented of your sins? Because if you have not, it doesn't matter what you do about the coronavirus or anything else. You will also likewise perish. And this is the message that every living soul needs to hear. That they need to feel down to the essence of who they are, down to the who you really are inside of your body as a soul. Yeah, not only is this body at some point going to stop working, but your soul is going to live forever, and it's going to live forever in a place of blessing, which is the fruit of repentance, forgiveness of sin, and glory in the presence of Jesus, or your soul is going to live forever in a place of perishing and destruction, and death, and where your soul is going for all of eternity, determined by whether you listen to the word that Jesus says, repent. Have you repented of your sins? And do you really know it? Can you say, hey, I've got a testimony. I'll announce it to the world. I'll be dunked in water. I'll confess his name. I have turned to Jesus Christ. I have listened. I've done what the prophet said. And Jesus Christ will save my soul no matter what happens to me here and now. I will be with Jesus for all of eternity. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? You don't repent. You're going to perish. That's the essential message of Jesus Christ. And it's, it, what's sad is so many people want to say, I'm with Jesus, and so few people want to say what Jesus said. And Jesus, he wasn't looking for people who claimed to be with him. He was looking for people who acknowledged him, who said what he said, who echoed his words. And this was hard. I mean, can you turn with me to John chapter 6? Because I want to show you that when Jesus came, As the prophet of God, and he spoke the very words of God, and he spoke as one who had authority like no one had ever heard before, and he spoke primarily a message of repentance and and faith, of turning from sin and trusting in what he was going to do in his death and resurrection. A lot of people struggled listening to Jesus. A lot of people who were there and were astonished at the authority of his teaching. That doesn't mean they followed him. That doesn't mean they did what he said. The message of Jesus proved to be very hard for human beings to hear. After Jesus died, after he ascended, there were 120 people huddled in a room. Not worldwide revival when Jesus was around. No, it was hard for people to hear the prophet of God. It was hard for people to hear the message of repentance. In John 6, Jesus is doing miracles like feeding thousands. He's walking on water. He's saying, I am the bread of life. Everybody who comes to me is really going to live. Everybody who comes to me, I will not cast out. Everybody who comes to me, I will raise you up on the last day. You should come to me. You should eat my flesh. You should drink my blood. You will find Find your life in me. And a lot of people are sitting there thinking, this is a hard saying. Like you're making this all about you, Jesus. What do you mean eat your flesh, drink your blood? A lot of people are looking at each other like, I think he's taking it too far. And it says here in John chapter six, if you go to the end of the chapter, verse 60, page 892. It says, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? In fact, look at verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. See, they understood. People got the message of Jesus. You can't keep being you. You can't keep doing you. You can't keep going the way you've been going. You can't keep living for your family or your job or your sin. No, if you want to follow me, you have to get over yourself. You have to deny yourself. Say no to being you. You have to take up your cross. That's how you're going to follow me. A lot of people, they were like, that's too hard. I'm not following that. But then this is one of those times that Peter said the good thing. And Jesus said to the 12 in verse 67, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, yeah, it might be hard to listen to Jesus, but let me ask you, where else are you going to go? What's your other option? What's your better option? What's your plan B? God sends one prophet. He says, everybody needs to listen to him. Don't listen to him. God's going to destroy your soul. Listen to him. You're going to have eternal life. Well, it's hard to listen to him. Yeah, but where else are you going to go? He's the only one who's got the words of God in his mouth. He's the only one who can give you eternal life. It is in Christ alone our hope is found. So I'm going to ask the band to come forward. I'm going to pray for us that in this time we will listen to Jesus. We will hear his word, repent. And when we realize, I got one way out of being dead. I got one way out of perishing. I got one way out, and it's Jesus Christ. I got to repent, and I got to turn to Jesus. He is the only way of salvation. Let me pray. (coughs) Father, we just, we come to you in a great time of need. And God, we thank you for how your word just makes it so clear for us so straightforward. God, that you would speak to us this morning, that you would speak to us from a cloud of glory, that you would speak to us from an ancient prophet named Moses, and that you would lead us straight to Jesus, that we should listen to him, and you would lead us into the words of Jesus where he would say that unless we all repent, we are all going to perish. 100% of people are going to die and face judgment. And we will perish apart from you unless we listen to you speak to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we praise you that Jesus has the words of eternal life, that Jesus has the words of salvation for our souls, that every single one of us who have heard Jesus and done what he said, that we've turned from living for ourselves. And we've trusted in you with all of our hearts that even though the rains may fall and the floods may come and the winds may blow, our house will stand firm because it's on the word of Jesus Christ. Give us great confidence. Give us great faith. God, I pray that if people are going to go home and be isolated and binge on something, that they'll binge on the words of Jesus Christ pray that if people are going to obey the law, that they'll obey your law that you've given to us in your word. God, if we're going to go look for wisdom in this time, that the place we would look is your son, Jesus, your prophet who speaks the words of eternal life. Where else can we go but Christ alone? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.